Hello and welcome back to Lost in the Lawn Boxes. I'm Ryan. I'm Joshua. I'm Steve. And on this episode, we are going to be honing in on a deep dive into the lore of Captain America. Good old Cap, Sentinel of America. Classic. So uh, I guess the kickoff, I guess the kickoff, if uh, one of you guys wants to give us a brief rundown of his initial first appearance, we can start there and, and move forward. Steve, give us the gems, man. All right. Well, uh, so I went all the way back to Captain America comics back in the early, uh, early forties there. Um, and I tell you, it was not, it was not what I was expecting. So I've read, I've read the back issues where it kind of covers their, uh, uh, you know, their origin where we're basically the, the early, Marvel Captain America kind of redid his origin and I I really did see why cuz when you start looking back at uh at that first comic uh first off I have to say there there the depictions of um of Germans of um of people of Japanese descent and everything uh, absolute caricature, caricatures of racism. I, 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 they really made them ugly, ugly drawings and stuff on purpose there. So uh, that was one of the things that uh, just really struck you right off. I don't want to count of the war, too, I'm sure, you know. Yeah, it was propaganda. It was, it was uh, you know, young men going off to war, yep. primarily reading yep. these books, you know. What, what I found interesting is, uh, yeah, early on, uh, the first uh, issue didn't have that classic cover of, uh, they went back later, and in 1940 did the classic cover of Captain America mm. punching out Hitler, you know? Um, and uh, I was reading about it, and, uh, you know, Ditko and Kirby and Lee, these are all guys who, particularly Ditko, um, you know, grew up, or, or Kirby for that matter, uh, grew up, um, you know, in a rough neighborhood in Manhattan, like the lower west side of Manhattan. So he knew how to fight. And apparently, um, you know, being a Jewish American, he was, uh, he was getting, he started getting death threats from the Nazi party in America. Um, so immediately they, they went into, you know, doing the punching out Hitler uh, uh, as a response to that. That's interesting. I knew that he fought in World War II. I didn't realize that he was also getting targeted by the Nazi party in America. Wow. Yeah, you zero. Yeah, they weren't taking any crap. That's Whoa. for sure. Yeah, they they were tough guys, and I think that's one of those things that's important to remember. Uh, like of a time gone by, these weren't just like uber nerds. These were, you know, guys who had been through some stuff in the city, yeah. you know, and so they had stories to tell, real yeah. gritty stories and, to tell. And once again, a lot of them were veterans. They they served and everything, and most of their ideas were inspired, I imagine, by things they were reading while they were sitting in a foxhole or just. The things they were yeah. experiencing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people mm. were people were dying all around them. Forty forty one there and stuff. The um, you know world uh, World War Two is is uh, is underway and just just a scary thing. So yeah, when you say propaganda, I think you're you just like hit the nail right on the head there. Um, I'll tell you though, one of the things that really stuck out is the earliest, the very first depiction of the Red Skull. Um, talk about terrifying. I mean, you know, he, 
just this ominous figure, the way they did his uh, his skull, he looked more badass that first uh, that first caption, I think, than he than he did in the sixties. Uh, it's just terrifying. Swastikas all over him and everything. He, uh, you know, and and they didn't pull any punches. I mean, he was literally choking people to death in the comics, staring into their eyes oh. and choking them to death. <laughs> yeah yeah, it, yeah. It's, why am i it's laughing about brutal. this oh my god no i know but it's just yeah. it's surprising you're not expecting it no not at all especially with uh you know I, I did my comics code authority episode where like generally speaking that sort of thing would not be okay in comics but i imagine that yeah. due to the propaganda like nature of the comic you know yeah, you know, yep. and also like you know the whole Kafka Uberman, you know, was was a big thing. The Germans and like correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the Red Skull was supposed to be their Uberman. And right, his face, mm-hmm. you know, transformed that way because it reflected who he was on the inside. So right. it was also trying to, yeah, again, it says propaganda that you know the Germans, you know, are inherently evil. If you give them a super serum, they're going to be evil, and uh, you know they had the same ideas are i'm listening to this really great uh hardcore history by george uh by dan carlin about the it's called supernova at east it's about like the japanese mm-hmm. rise and the viewpoint of the japanese at that time leading up to world war ii is that they were like these savages who just modernized really quickly and these pictures of them like that spread across the world of them decapitating you know uh an australian captain at one point um, and enjoying it, you know, so it was just like it fed into this racist narrative yeah, that yeah. the world powers had. And a lot of the things that we were, you know, kind of going after the Nazis for, like, Amer- there were Americans that were into eugenics. There were Americans that started were into- here in Vermont. Yeah, there were plenty of uh, plenty of American sentiments that aligned very closely with the Nazi line that they were towing, you know. And- I would yeah. speculate that the Captain America punching out Hitler was. Uh, was a like a cultural movement that happened. It, it captured the hearts and minds, right? And the vision, it's in your visual cortex. Like it captured the hearts and minds and, and helped push America into to deciding one way or the other. Because right. we were on the fence there. We were on the fence there exactly. And I think maybe you're maybe yep. just seeing Captain America decking Hitler was like, no, this is this this is the side we're going to be on of history. You know. Yeah, fucking yep. eat your heart out, Blitzkrieg. Here's a punch to the face there. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh I I tell you it's funny. They they used um they used sidekicks a lot differently back then and stuff as well. I mean, here is this I mean, Bucky is just this little kid. Yeah. I swear he looks probably maybe 8 9 in the in in number 1. And they are just having their villains open hands, slap him, punch him out. He gets beat up uh, more than I think most of the villains there during the series. I wonder if Ditko is having trouble with his seven-year-old at home. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, Steve, did they? Um, you went. You went back into the long boxes there. Um, so, Captain America was there through the war effort. And then he kind of disappeared, right? He like proverbially went into the ice. Yeah, so that's how they kind of brought him back um, in uh, in the early '60s. There, when Marvel started bringing him back in uh, the Avengers, and he got his own comic, starting with number one hundred. Uh, so yeah, they explained it where basically um, 
Namor uh, threw his frozen form into uh, into the ocean after some indigenous people found him, and uh, and uh, the Avengers go and 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 find him and and thaw him out and everything. And he kind of just picks up where he left off. And I can tell the whole sidekick thing had kind of gone by the wayside because they just, they didn't even explain. They just said, yeah, Bucky disappeared. We don't even, we don't know what happened to him. He just disappeared. I tell you though, starting with 100 and 101 and all that, that to me, that's where what we think of of Captain America today really started. I have a um, I have a little uh, a little snippet here and stuff. Um, I, I think just it fits the character just perfectly. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So it's it's a whole exchange in uh, in issue one hundred and one, and it's uh, basically the first really uh really big fight between uh the red skull and captain america since they they brought him back so i'm just going to read something so captain america said not even the sleeper will save you from paying for the crimes you've committed against humanity and he goes on uh red skull uh humanity ah. uh men were all born to be slaves they're not worth your idiotic concern why should you care for them when they don't even care for each other? Look around you. The world is consumed by greed, crime, and bigotry. Men are no more than animals, unworthy to, and of course he gets socked in the face by Captain America. Uh, and he, Captain America interrupts and just says, Tyrants have always scorned their fellow humans, but still the race endures while despots fall. And those who would grind us underfoot can never hope to uh, keep us uh, from reaching our eventual destiny. I mean, it, it the idealism, the the things they were touching on in there is, you know, I mean, they were already getting at that sense of patriotism. Uh, they were they were getting at the at racism. In the 60s, when this is just such a huge, uh, huge issue, huge in-your-face uh, uh, thing in the news. So, I mean, they did not pull their punches in covering it. Uh, and I think that's just, that's great. That's one of the things I love about Captain America. Yeah, they, they definitely broke they definitely broke some of the rules. Because, I mean, go, once again, going back to my... Uh... The Comics Code Authority episode that I did was mostly about the history of you people of color in comics. But, you know, ar around that time, there were so many uh, Black-owned publishers that were getting stamped out by, by Marvel and DC. Uh, so many uh, independent comic book creators that were getting screwed over. Even still, Captain, I'm sorry, even, even still, Marvel yeah. would be the publisher that would capture the symbol of, like, idealist patriotism with their character. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy juxtaposition. Because, you know, here they are bringing in the Fantastic Four, and then here comes Black Panther, you know, from a technologically advanced, you know, yep. African nation. Yep. It's revolutionary for his yeah. time. Um, and then, you know, you have the X-Men, which which was derived from the mind of Lee during, you know, um, uh, the civil rights movement. Right. You know, capturing it and very cleverly using, you know, white 
white white hero essentially to uh, to address you know white fears, right? Um, and really diving into that. So yeah, pretty amazing yep. stuff. But yeah, you tap into like like you said the modern Captain America that we know him and like the high ideals of what Captain America yeah. has brought to the table, and that's shifted and changed throughout time. Um, but again, like the, the, the movies, I think really captured again, that spirit of what it is to be, yep. uh, what the ideals of being an American is, even if it's clear the disillusionment comes to Steve Rogers throughout. And even in the comic books through the ages, you know, like I went back and was looking at some of the, the strange uh, turn of events. And, you know, there's one, uh, in the sixties where, uh, Nixon around the time of Watergate, where Captain America becomes disillusioned with, you know, the superpowers in like the white house and they don't directly say it's nixon but uh at that time like captain america so disillusioned then he goes underground essentially um and of course you know the movies take off on that point um at one point but yeah a lot of different shades of what you know the sentinel of america um brings to the table and uh i don't know maybe i'll share a little anecdote like i remember in what was it 1989 I was in the dentist office or in the doctor's office. I guess it doesn't really matter. And the first, my first exposure to Captain America um, was like a little throwaway comic book about Captain America versus Captain Asthma or something like that. And uh, he's pretty much just like, he gives us the rundown on, you know, um, bronchitis, how you pro- bronchitis, you know, how to take care of yourself. L- proper and, use of albuterol inhalers, all that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All that. <laughs> but then, you know, you start seeing Captain America as this like head of the PSA and like, you know, it's the, it's like, it's like what the, the role Superman took in DC um, <laughs> to like, you know, to help shape the hearts and minds of kids through the figure of what is, what it is to be an American, what yeah. it is to, to make great choices and to, uh, to be informed, you know? Right. And I think that that iteration and that, like that symbology that would kind of like, you know, uh, morph together, and amalgamate into the Captain America that we all know and love. No matter what the failings of, of Marvel as a company might be through their business practices, Captain America would, as we'll probably get into, we will get into over the course of this episode, become the symbol that even their, like, you know, I won't say corruption, but even their failings could never take from him. You know, mm. he would always be that symbol. And there's nothing that Marvel or anyone yeah. else could do to change that because he's become he's become a character that's kind of surpassed his own lore, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I tell you my, um, I, I, I love, I love hearing about where, where people had, you know, kind of first came into, uh, dealing with the, the various characters. My first exposure to Captain America, um, my father was a huge Captain America fan when he was a kid, the cartoons came out, you know, that cheesy jingle, you know, when Captain America throws his mighty shield. My father would bust out with that out of the middle of nowhere. Uh, and, uh, and, and because he, he grew up with Thor and Captain America and, and, and all that, basically Marvel um, as cartoons as a kid. And so it got me interested in it. And, and, uh, so I think that's why I've been uh, a little bit prejudiced towards uh, uh, towards 
sticking to Marvel for most of my uh, comic book collecting career. I broadened it a lot recently, but I was definitely a Marvel purist for the longest time, which is ridiculous. Uh, there's great stories from every single company. And you know what's funny is I was like a Marvel anti-person for a long time, and then I, much like you, had to realize that every single one of these publishers is putting out great books, so I totally understand that, yep. that sentiment. Um, so let's, uh, let's move forward a little bit. Why don't we talk about some of the various harebrained reimaginings and reboots of Captain America from the Captain to Nomad to uh, the Jack Monroe Captain, you know, all, all these fellows to Cap Wolf. It's like the <laughs> Captain Wolf. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause let's face it. Like Captain America through, through like the ages, could easily be seen as just a figurehead and not really relevant in a lot right. of ways. Like, what kind of great storytelling can you, th- you know, can you tell through a perceived B-list character? Right. Like the Avengers. And that's why I was so skeptical about, you know, this Cap- first Avengers movie. I was like, how yeah. are they going to make Captain America relevant? But yet, you can find the humanity and, like, the real truth behind these characters in a, re- a real modern setting. But, yeah, throughout the ages... Some very strange iterations of Captain America, that's for sure. Yeah, one of the most uh, prominent I know is, uh, and Steve, you can probably correct me as far as dates go, but uh, once getting back to the Captain, where he literally uh, put his shield down, uh, both literally and metaphorically, and said he no longer believed in the uh, in the American government and thought that they were corrupt, and so he just became the Captain. Uh, yep. And he was just a uh, wandering vigilante kind of guy. He still had... He still had the Captain America styled suit, though it was more black. It's actually the, the it's actually the costume that would go on to be adopted by U.S. agent uh, John Walker. But he did that for a little while, um, and I believe I believe that was that before or after Nomad, Steve. Nomad happened in the uh, in the eighties. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not certain on that one. Okay. Okay. But that, that's that's two of the different, and the, the reason why I bring up the captain is like, you know, later on we're going to get into the Civil War stuff and everything, and historically Captain America has like, no matter what the era, been the character that will stand up against the status quo. So like in Civil War, we have the oppression of people's freedom of speech and right to privacy. In the Captain story arc, we see a very like. I think I think he's like a like a Reagan type of president that is exploiting uh, it's exploiting the country, trying to exploit Captain America and use him as like a weapon sort of thing. But nonetheless, Captain America sticks to his guns, stick to his, sticks to his principles. And though he does drop the flag motif for a time as a symbol of him losing faith in the flag, he still does fight for that same cause and for those same ideals. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and mm. I think that's really reflective of what was going on and stuff. I mean, when you when you think about there was a certain point in history where uh, where Americans really got cynical, got um, and that idealism didn't fly with everyone, and so I think in order to make Captain America relevant to uh, you know to what was going on in people's uh, uh, feelings? You know, Captain America had to change, uh, and and I'm I am glad though that he has gotten back to that um, that idealistic uh, person uh, because uh, 
I think in in times when uh, you know uh, uh, everything gets uh, gets a bit rough, it is great to have someone there who, no matter what, uh, won't be brought down. Uh, he won't, uh, you know, he keeps a stiff upper lip. He just uh, he just slogs on no matter what happens. And I, I, you know, I think that's one of Captain America's most endearing qualities. Absolutely. Yeah, I got into that kind of symbology in the uh, All-Star Superman episode that we did uh, last season. Same idea. People like a superhero that believes in them. Yeah. 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 You know, it believes in the in the better nature of humanity, uh, you know, because there's so many negative views in so many comics. And those are great. I love the dark comics. But every once in a while, it is refreshing to see someone who believes in humanity. Uh, so, yeah. and that's Captain America. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to uh, 2006, we have Civil War. Well, I would like to just address one thing before we get into Civil War. Sure. The very first comic book I ever actually picked up that had Captain America. Because I started reading uh, comics in 1990 when uh, uh, Jim Lee's run of X-Men came about right. uh, the reboot of x-men that just blew my mind i can't wait to geek out on that on a future episode um but i remember reading uh you know uh an episode where it was like a crossover with daredevil where captain america got dosed with a drug that gave him like cocaine like symptoms of withdrawal oh yeah and i remember it was just like he's whole he's like you know Hulked out and just like loses my strap to a bed, and he's like detoxing in this comic book, and um, I, it just blew my mind that here's this figurehead, Captain America, going through this this major, you know, detox, and um, that was of yeah. course like during a drug epidemic in America, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, at tail end of like you know AIDS epidemic uh, or through the AIDS epidemic, but like yeah, cocaine cowboy was like yeah a big thing running through america so here he is being culturally re relevant right in a powerful way even even captain america is not above you know falling to the the use of of uh substances yeah but yeah civil war 2006 oh man yeah civil war now here's the thing <laughs> <laughs> i imagine there's probably listeners out there that are like captain america who gives a fuck about captain america right yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Because if you were saying that, you may not have clicked on this particular episode. Why would you want to listen to this? Episode? Yeah, but <laughs> I was of the same opinion. Honestly, I didn't really give a shit about Captain America. He was more of a figurehead of an yeah. ideal. I didn't think he had any particular impact. Yeah. But when I read yeah. Civil War, it blew my mind because yeah. you know because okay. For context, um, you know, I was a senior in high school in 2001 uh, during 9-11. Um, and shortly after that, you had the Patriot Act that came through. And regardless of where your politics are, it brought up, you know, these major issues. Um, you know, it goes into, you know, Eric Fromm, that psychologist Eric Fromm talks about the basic human dilemma. And that's, you know, freedom and security. Right. And that's the major motif that runs through yeah. um, Captain or uh, the Civil War arc is freedom versus security. And here you were at a time where you know nationalism was on the rise, and 
Like you were Team America, or you are? It was heresy, or you're a conspiracy. You're, you're a terrorist. Yeah, you love. Right. Yeah, you love a, Osama bin Laden or whatever. Right, yeah. and you know, I was yeah. one of the few people around me to really kind of be like, guys, look at the Patriot Act. Look at the, what we're giving up here. Yeah. Like, let's not just look at it. And I remember being ostracized. And here I go, opening up Civil War after just getting back into comic books after taking about a ten year gap and of not really reading. Maybe it wasn't that long. And, you know, Tony Stark is like, all right, we got to like, you know, everyone's got to sign up and get registered and, you know, do the right thing. And then the last person I ever thought would be oh, oppose this is Captain America. Yeah. And for me, when he was just like, no, like, where does this end? Like, right. you know, you know, where do we, where do we, st- where do we draw the line here? He drew the line. And it was the first time that he became that I identified with Captain America, yep. and I got behind, I got behind the shield yeah. with him, you know, and so it was, it was hugely impactful for him to be that opposing, that opposing line, and we can talk more about it. But for me, just to finish my tangent, um, that arc, that Civil War arc, brought the humanity to both sides of the argument, security and freedom, and and the struggle that people, I'm sure, had internally over these two topics because it is the major human struggle. Right. Yeah. And that, so, tangent over. <laughs> I don't think you're alone on that because I mean, if you notice most of the uh, uh, most of the big resurgence of Captain America comes from after the Civil War arc, and I was right there with you the first time I read that. You know, you expect, all right, well, the guy, the Captain America is obviously going to be on the side of the guy, and he doesn't, and it kind of brings up that uh, that the notion that it is also patriotic to protest it's patriotic to say i don't think this is right and i'm standing up for my ideals and it the that that feeling just to to be surprised and see that captain america is on the other side he's against registration he says you know this is this is too far this is not the america, america that i uh, you know, that I fought for and I love. And what a powerful statement. Uh, so I am right there with you. That that moment kind of floored me as well. Yeah, I mean, and that's, isn't this where he started as a critique of authoritarianism? Yeah, of course it got into propaganda, but it was like he was yeah. directly created to uh, to check people's thoughts when it comes to what an authoritarian state is. And that's what Captain America was doing. He was checking, you know, and it was a critique of the authoritarian state that was creeping up on us, you know. Um, it became the outlaw that we yep. all needed. Right. You know? And then, you know, culminating in his uh, his refusal or whatever to surrender and being assassinated and becoming a martyr for the resistance to Tony Stark's initiative, you know. It definitely shook shit up for me when it comes to reading yeah. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, that was a huge wake-up call, and I love the the impact that they uh, that they put in on uh, on Tony Stark after that happened. That kind of "what have we become?" Yeah. moment that that Stark goes through. Uh, that's it, that was incredible. Uh, like uh, as far as story arcs go, they did such a good job. Yeah, especially that. when when Stark that finds out that Spider-Man has also joined the resistance, then it starts to really dawn on him that he has become the bad guy. 
Yeah, you know? and he, here's Peter Parker being convinced that this is the right thing to do. Reveal your identity, register, yeah. like you need to be the figurehead of this. And then, you know, um, who is it they, that, that the, the clone Thor kills? I think it's like Giant Man. Yeah, uh, Black, Black Goliath. Yeah, Black Goliath, yeah. right? Goliath. And um, it, it it shifted things for Peter Parker. He's like, this, is what, this isn't what I... I, I, I stand for, you know? And at that time, I think he, Peter Parker is like America's hero. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. your friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man is like the world's hero. Cause when you think of who's the most popular Marvel character ever, Spider-Man, right. It's gotta be right. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe yeah, recent years that's so. changed, but throughout history. Yeah. And then like, so he switches sides too. So, if you're a reader, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to side with Spider-Man. Right? Wait, I'm, I'm going to call bullshit. I'm going to say the most popular Marvel character of all time, Slapstick. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Howard the Duck. I'm one up here with Howard the Duck. Speedball. <laughs> <laughs> the Prowler. <laughs> well, it's funny. Yeah, they, that, that's actually, it's funny how. No, I was just going to say, I think you're forgetting, Who forgetting? Obnoxio the Clown. Uh, if you've ever seen Obnoxio the Clown <laughs> versus the X-Men, it's wholly forgettable, uh, but uh, but it uh, it's worth the read. <laughs> okay, all right, that's good to know. Oh, that, that's, a, that's a real deep dive. Well, that, that's the next episode, Obnoxio the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, listeners. That's right. How many listeners did we just lose right there? Yeah, right then. <laughs> I can see the analytics going down as we keep talking. <laughs> These obnoxious guys. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Spider-Man being this figurehead and, like, you're like, oh, okay, I'm all in on what Spider-Man's doing. But all of a sudden, he switches over. Yeah. You know? And what also, like, there's a couple of subplots in Civil War. I just read it, too. I, it was That's one of these wonderful things, like, I don't get to wear the, uh, the you know, the comic book, talk comic book hat very often. I yeah. wear many hats. It's not a hat I get to wear very often. Yeah. So going back and, and, and reading Civil War, um, it was just so great. And like I like one of the kind of the subplots of this um, also to add is that like Hank Pym and uh, Mr. Fantastic are all in on this authoritarian. Oh, story. yeah. They, they show a dark side. They go deep to way. where they create this clone Thor who ends up killing Goliath, yeah. you know, but it doesn't stop him to even Sue. Sue Richards is just like, you know what, Mr. Fantastic, like, I can't support you in this. Yeah, and she, she goes over to the resistance, yeah. you know, um, and even the Punisher shows up as this, like, he's the dark side. Actually, the, the other side of the coin of Captain America, right? you know, even though it's revealed, like, I thought it was very revealing of Punisher that Punisher and his insanity believes that he is Captain America's yep. legacy. Right, right, know? right. And Captain America beats him to a pulp in that comic yep. book. Um, I also want to add, um, this Civil War run was written by Mark Millar and uh, penned by Steve McNiven. Now, I think we've all read a bunch of Mark Millar stuff, and Marvel gave him a shot on this, and he knocked that out of the park. But Steve McNiven kind of came on the scene and um, for reference to, like, he, he did Old Man Logan. Yeah. Which is yeah, an incredible yeah. run. Yeah. But his his nuanced facial expressions that he gives uh, characters, um, the realism that comes with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he also has that pulp that comes with his, his art, too. But, man, so impactful when you see Captain America just rage on his face with his bloody hand, like, as he's beating in Punisher's face and just Punisher's face to, you know, bash to a pulp. And, like, you can see his just crazy eyes. Yeah. You know, he captures something in both Captain America and Punisher that I haven't really seen. It's all in the eyes, man. It's, so Steve McNiven, 
um, is a, it's just a, he's a, he's a, a true hero. So Steve McNiven, if you're out there, Josh is single and he is looking. Um, so I have a lot uh, lost in the long boxes, Josh at gmail.com. Cunnilingus. All right. All right. All so, right. All right. Back on. Moving on to the secret empire, event, <laughs> the ill-fated secret empire that we worked. It was driven home by Marvel. This is the truth. Captain America is in Hydra. He always has been. We're not just pulling a stupid event, even though later they would, of course, reveal that they were. Secret Empire 2017. Take it away, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All right. I only have very few things to say about this other than um, I wish that could be erased. I wish that, <laughs> you know, could be erased from the multiverse because it hurt me deep. It hurt me deep. Yeah. But again, that goes into this whole yeah. idea of Captain America, like being on a very subconscious but like visceral level for people. Right. So when they took away my banner of America and made him Hydra, uh-uh. No, no, no. I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle it. I was like, fuck this. I'm yeah. not doing it. No. Yeah, no. I couldn't even, uh, I have to admit, I couldn't even bring myself to read it after I heard that. I'm like, no, you're essentially destroying everything that, uh, um, everything that makes Captain America, uh, you know, great and iconic. And I don't like when people try and retcon history that should be um, unmutable. You know, you should not be able to, uh, to fundamentally, just with a pen stroke, erase an entire... Um, iconic view of a of a character that's that is that is a crime and that whole story arc to me was a crime over half a century of lore is thrown out the window for a stupid harebrained like what 10 issue event that ends up getting retconned again anyway they but, wanted to sell books yeah and then they come and then they come out and tell us that yes that was captain america but the spirit of america who ironically looks exactly like captain america shows up kills that guy and goes back to being Captain America. Even though no one's acknowledging the fact that the Captain America right now on Marvel is the spirit of America. He is a, he is a supernatural being. Though that never comes up anymore whatsoever. The lamest cop-out for a retcon of a retcon ever. That's my, that's my take on that. Agreed. <laughs> Is that how it all played out? I kind of blanked it all out. So as we, I mean, I guess we're at a good point to kind of unpack this. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but apparently, uh, you know, some lovely individuals that prefer to identify themselves as the alt-right have adopted Captain America's symbol as one of their, you know, rallying flags or whatever. Ooh. Yeah. How do we go on this one? How do we, yeah. Well, uh, go ahead, Steve. And... I do, yeah, I do have to say that I had, I didn't, I had not heard that, I, but I have seen the Punisher symbol as kind of a, a rallying cry for, for the same, for the same thing. When you, I mean, think of how many times you've seen trucks with co Confederate flags and the Punisher skull there uh, on it. It's, it's odd. It's, it's. It's become a thing. What's funny too is that they don't actually use the proper Confederate flag, yeah, to make it even more harebrained. But yeah, what is this obsession with like extremist groups using icons and symbols that aren't even the correct symbols to reflect their ideals? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of see it on like a spectrum, right? Like when, you know, the, the Captain America first Avenger comes out and the MCU kind of boosts it. You saw sales of like the Captain America shield kind of skyrocket across the world. Cause here you have people around the world tapping into what it is to be an American, the ideals to be an American right. uh, and the freedom that comes with that. Um, so people were high on Captain America. Uh, because on the big screen, he represents our highest ideals, even if we can't live up to them. Yep. And now you're seeing it kind of co-opted again um, and symbolism being shifted and changed. Um, so I can get upset about it, but I feel like there's there's always going to be a shift back and forth. You know, they, yeah. they'll go to different extremes. Yeah. And it's at one extreme. It's going to come back to the middle. Perhaps it's not, but I think that um, as long as he's represented on the big screen the way that he should be, yep. um, I think uh, it will will trump. Um, yeah, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> so I do think that also, like at this point, Captain America is so much bigger than just a symbol, like his his shield or whatever. Like, there's just so much to him and to his. Uh, symbology that no matter how many stupid, you know, mouth breathing uh, alt right people want to wear his t shirt or whatever, they can never come close to that legacy he already has as a symbol of everything against them, you yeah. know? Yeah. Complete opposite. Exactly. And it's funny that the character that they choose to represent uh, themselves and, and their uh, kind of twisted views there would would disavow the very concepts that they espouse i mean you look at that he was i mean if you just look at that 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 clip from the 1960s that uh that i read it specifically says in there you know that he is against bigotry he is against um you know all of those uh all of those negative concepts and you know he's he's the same way today or even first Avenger, I love the scene where the doctor is asking him why he wants to kill Nazis, and he's like, "I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't like bullies." Yeah, yeah, you know, yep. it's yeah, like plastic one. He's the ultimate bully's bully. Yeah, in a sense, you know, he, that's what he stands like. If you could bake, yep. like, you know, you know, uh, alchemy him down back to to his basic core, it's you know, he stands up against bullies, and I think yeah, that's like again, like yeah, getting into. Uh, you know, the MCU's first Avenger came out in 2011. Um, I had a lot of doubts that it was going to be a movie that was going to take off. I'm like, how do you make this yeah. like a real, like, yeah. good movie? How do you tell an origin tale that's relevant, you mm -hmm. know? Yep. Um, but, you know, for one third of the movie, um, he is skinny Steve Rogers, you know? He's this little, you know, but his character and who he is has an opportunity to shine through. Yeah, yeah, you know, and one of the okay, so two scenes in that movie really made it a huge impact and said, okay, this works. This is going to be a great movie. Um, you know, he's he's about to get the he gets picked. He's about to get the serum, and Doctor Erskine, you know, uh, he's talking to Doctor Erskine. Cap says, "Well, why me?" And Doctor Erskine says, "Because the strong man who has known power all his life may lose respect for that power, but the weak man knows the value of strength." And those compassion. Yeah. That right there. Yeah. Was so powerful. For him, yeah. You know? And spoke just volumes to his character and why he 
didn't become deformed like the red skull because he, he had character of strength of character. Yeah. Right. You know, and he he had compassion. That's the piece that you really need. Red skull became a reflection of who he was on the inside. Right. Right. Whereas, and so did Captain America. Right. And they, they, and they captured that perfectly on the big screen. And, you know, and then of course, when they do the musical montage of like the old school war bonds cap, you know, just to kind of give you the backstory of like, it's kind of like the meta take on Captain America in the comic book. So we got the comic book, Captain America, and they got that out of the way in a brilliant, uh, you know, montage to then bring us to, you know, real time met MCU Captain America. And then of course you, after that, fast forward, he goes on the ice, fast forward, he becomes a modern Avenger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but man, they did a great job. I, I was surprised by that movie too. And you know, to be honest with you, that's probably still my favorite MCU movies. First event. Really? Yep. Wow. Yep. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. It w- I won't judge you too harshly. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I've shared this with you before and everything. Uh, uh, one of my favorite scenes from the Captain America movie is he is just moving at amazing speeds through the battlefield and everything. And it, it, I think that that one scene distills everything. He is just running through, throwing his shield, smashing, uh, uh, you know, bad guys left and right, and the perf like the perfect reflexes, uh, the the superhuman qualities. It it reminds you, um, it reminds you what Captain America means to you. It kind of it reminds you of his greatest qualities and that you cannot underestimate him. That super soldier serum. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's easy for his, his abilities to get lost amongst all the mutant superpowers and all the flashy powers. But I think that scene shows you that what one person can do with determination, strength of character superhuman reflexes and just uh uh and just sheer skill it shows that he he would beat out most of those flashy heroes with a ama- with those uh, uh you know just over the top powers he doesn't need them to be incredible and you know i couldn't i couldn't summarize this episode better if i tried than just that that's the yeah well said right steve well said very well said his determination, his thank you, sirs, just will not back down. And uh, if you at home have anything else you'd like to, uh, you know, to contribute that you might have, you know, learned about Captain America and your reading, I'm sure we're looking something, if not multiple, some things over. Or if you have some questions, or really just want to reach out and say, hey, uh, lost in the long boxes at gmail.com. We all, you know, monitor that email account and stuff. This uh, season, we will be doing two, at least two X-Men episodes. So look forward to those. Yes. Uh, I know I know that Josh and Steve are. <laughs> I'm not. That's right. That's right. This is my gift to Josh and Steve. I'm not the big X-Men fellow, really. But uh, yeah, once again, uh, I'm, uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Joshua. And I'm Steve. This is Lost in the Long Boxes, and we'll talk to you next time.